welcome back to the Deep Dive, Season 2, Episode 1. This is the podcast after show for the Amazon original series, The Boys. My name's Toby Shaver. I'm back this season with my brother, as always, Dave. What's up, Shavy D? Excited to be here, Toby. How you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Glad to be back into it. We didn't have to uh, wait long to jump back in for Season 2. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to, to get after it. So, um, first initial reactions of our debut episode here. Uh, it's definitely got a, a, a different vibe, but I'm excited about it. Um, I, I, I somewhat kind of expected it to, uh, maybe hit the ground running from last season, but it, there was, you know, there's obviously been a, a little bit of time has elapsed, not much, but a little bit. So. You know the players have shifted just a bit, but uh, but there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, it's a little uh, unclear as it starts. You know exactly how much time has passed because you know we haven't taken a huge jump forward, obviously, but you know definitely things have you know gotten back to business as usual. So you know when the episode starts, we kind of see a little montage cut cutting back and forth from Mr. Edgar kind of working out all the details of the military military contract, which, you know, that's really interesting because like, I mean, I'm loving Mr. Edgar so far because he is just Mm -hmm. like, I mean, we see him later, you know, showing his dominance with Homelander even, but even here he's, you know, when he's like the one guy, presses him on an issue and he's like do you want to you know march into the oval office and and tell him that because there's like one thing that would have to be a presidential uh signing off or whatever and he's like yeah of course you know why not or whatever so i'm loving him he's obviously just a, a guy with a lot of uh power and he knows it and you know obviously Vaught's in a great position right now you know we ended last season with uh soup terrorists out there so you know the they are in a strong bargaining position for sure. But uh, as we're seeing him going back and forth with them about like chain of command issues and stuff, we're also seeing Black Noir, you know, on his uh, operation in Syria, uh, taking out Nakib. And, you know, I love that scene. What what did you think of getting to see some, some awesome Black Noir action? Yeah. To see him in the field. I mean, obviously we got that little, you know, tiny, tiny taste with the Kamiko. Uh, but, but yeah, we haven't really seen him yet. And I, I, you know, not only is he just, uh, you know, a very efficient assassin, obviously, but the, uh, you know, I just loved after he basically takes, takes him out, you know, beheads him. Um, he's escaping through his, you know, the kid's room and and you see him like kind of move quickly with the hand and the kid kind of recoils a little bit, but he like grabs the bunny and does the weird little head shake and then. You know, heads for the window or whatever. So uh, yeah, so yeah, he just he has more. Uh, I like the establishment of his skill set, and then also just even more like it, it kind of creates the the uh, the mystery behind him. You know, because there like there's right. nothing about what he's about. It was tipped whatsoever. It just basically showed him as a you know a very efficient killer. So. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I very much with, with that. somewhat of a heart as well. You know, Homelander probably wouldn't have, you know, stopped to hand the kid the stuffed animal to make him feel a little bit better or whatever. So, yeah, there's some uh, there's some layers to this guy, which is cool. We also saw that, you know, obviously his his uh, powers are beyond just being a, you know, super skilled, you know, an enhanced fighter. You know, he took that explosion from Nakib and just I mean, he was charred and stuff, but. You know, it didn't seem to phase him whatsoever. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see, you know, really what the extent of his powers are because, you know, we haven't really explored that. I also thought what was interesting about that scene, too, is like it kind of showed that, you know, even though these soup terrorists are out there, it was done in a very haphazard way with, you know, Homelander and A-Train just kind of distributing the compound V. But these are not you know, they don't hold the candle to the seven. I mean, they're not trained. They're not, you know, at least what we've seen so far. Obviously, this is the first and only one that that we've seen at this point. But it stands to reason that they're not 
going to be, you know, as savvy and as well trained with these powers as the seven are, you know, because they're, these are adults who are getting these powers for the first time, not kids who grew up having them. I definitely agree with that. And it's, uh, and it also just in this, in the same light, you know, basically shows that the seven are the seven for a reason, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was very good. And, and, um, yeah, the uh, the fact that that showed, you know, right before he basically takes him out, um, you know, he and the other guy that are in the room are going back and forth about what his little catchphrase should be, you know, right, burn right, or whatever it ends up being, and uh, or, or burn the light or something like that. I think whatever, yeah, I something what like the that. Yeah, is. but I mean, they also don't understand what they're really in for or in two either you know like the idea right. that he's um as an you know and probably some of it is because not getting that enhancement until you're an adult you know you would have a false sense of security a false sense that you are this uber powerful thing and right you know, you've not you've not seen anything near what you know like you said what what this the, the lifelong soups are capable of, let alone the seven in particular. So, uh, so yeah, right. I really dug that. No one's come for you. They, he hadn't had any soups come for him yet at all. Basically, he's just been, you know, exploding, you know, other terrorists or other military types. But, right. yeah, they, he, he was uh, certainly out of his league there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, these guys are not, you know, yeah, the scene where he's with his friend talking about the catchphrase and everything it's like, you know, kind of origin story shows. Like, it reminded me almost of, like, the Shazam movie where he's got his little buddy that's, like, helping him figure stuff out. You know, anytime you see, like, a, a superhero origin story, you know, there's usually, like, a friend that's, like, helping him figure his stuff out. And, like, it just really pointed out that, you know, this guy's a just a brand new, you know, dude who, who really has no idea what kind of powers he's dealing with. But, um... So he's already out of the picture, um, and then we're seeing uh, Translucent's funeral, which was just awesome. you know delightfully cheesy and just yep. everything everything you'd expect out of Vaught, you know. Although I I didn't expect the Starlight singing part, but yeah, that kind I of it was, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was all and the empty glass coffin was just perfect. Oh, just all the, the, whole thing. the baby pictures, yeah. you know, with the with the jumper, <laughs> the empty jumper. And the, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that was handled so well. And, 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 you know, immediately picks up right where we left off with the, with the, again, this actor, what is his name? Anthony Starr, I believe, is the guy that plays. Yeah, the yeah, I believe so. Yep. I mean, the depth of that, you know, false, cheesy, giving the crowd what they want ability then the meltdowns and the you know the malicious i mean i mean this guy has just been all over the map and it's and every single yeah. bit of it is you know believable i mean in the sense of i mean obviously some of it's supposed to be over the over the moon type of cheesy but it's right it's it's, it's well even when it's, it's kind of played for act. laughs it's still it's still so well done you know absolutely yeah and uh, I mean, so much of of his performance could like it, it you know, it, it pushes that limit of, you know, almost almost like too funny. But he just he walks that line so well that it never become, you know, he's always a very believable character. But uh, well, yeah, yeah I love like af after the funeral with the TV people interviewing him and stuff, obviously, you know, Starlight is just putting out the front that she's, you know, fully on board and, you know. Seems to be, uh, you know, she's stroking Homelander's ego and, you know, kind of playing the game at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looking looking like a... Whew. Yes. Yes. Citizen. It is funny, though, when you, see, when you see her, like, later taking all the stuff out, taking the makeup off, taking the wig off and everything. Yeah, the, and the, the pads, kinda, the, the booby pads yeah. and the, everything uh, else. Transforming back into the girl next door. Mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, and we also some somewhere in the first few minutes we see that uh, 
A-Train, you know, has, at this point, still survived. He's on life support of some kind or whatever, so Starlight's obviously sweating that a little bit because he has, you know, information that could definitely sink her, but uh, so far, so good. He's still, he still seems to be unconscious, but uh, yeah, the boys aren't doing so good, gets, though. After she takes all of her, her you know, uh, add-ons, let's call them, off, and she's leaving the building. That's when she passes A Train in bed or whatever. But yeah, did you ever see the movie I'm Gonna Get You Sucka? No, the... I don't think so. There's a... I, I mean, I probably did 20 years ago, 25 years ago, or whatever when it came out, but I don't remember it. It's one of my all time favorite comedies. I mean, oh, oh, really? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's, you know, and it's, right. a, it's basically a, 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 a spoof of the black exploitation film right the, you know like the yeah so but there's a great scene in it where this really attractive woman basically they're going back to the hotel and she's like you know just give me a second to get comfortable and she basically oh, yes. you know takes off her eyelashes <laughs> a, and then her wig and everything yes. by the end she's like taking off a prosthetic leg and everything right and, you know so there was a i do remember that there, i do know, remember when, that when uh, when, uh Starlight was getting more comfortable. It was. Uh, it, it definitely made me think. Of yeah. That, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's looking grim for our heroes, though. The boys are laying low at this, you know, drug den, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, one one of Frenchie's hookups, and you know, they're kind of just staying out of sight. Essentially, they're wanted by everybody. I mean, now their their pictures are on TV. You know, as well as the seven, you know, probably coming for him, too. Um, but you know, Huey is still and the and Huey's the still the point, idealist. And the news at Go this ahead. point has established that basically they're 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 pinning the Madeline Stillwell murder on uh, on Billy Butcher. Correct, correct. We even see later a little Chris Hansen, you know, Dateline kind of. Mm-hmm kind of show reenacting it which i thought was hilarious um yeah as a matter of fact uh, i did right, notice right before that that was the one thing that i i just wish seth rogan would just stay out of the mix man yeah because <laughs> i mean it just it it it, it blows it. it it's the suspension of disbelief it's like there's nothing i don't know you know i i mean obviously they did a great job creating this show, but like, there's that served no purpose to be in the mo- in in the show either time. Even the other one that I didn't mind as much, but I mean, you, yeah, yeah, you blew my suspension of disbelief for for no reason except for maybe a paycheck. I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't get that at all. But uh, who knows? Too. I mean, they may they may push him to do that. You know what I mean? Well, like but, the throat. Yeah. But if you're as good of a performer and a writer as you, you know, think you are, then then you should know yeah. that that's something that you, you know, you don't have to well, say the yes. I, the only problem I had with it is that they double dipped. Like I don't, I don't think it blows the suspension of disbelief for me because I like that they are showing that there's you know, celebrities that we know in this world, you know, doing the jobs that that they actually do. But they did the same thing with him twice. It was basically the same same gag twice, you know, him talking about another film in the, you know, VCU that he was doing or whatever. So Well, well and that's um, kinda why Yeah, they should mix it up. They should have thrown thrown somebody else in. We got we got Billy Zane twice, we got Seth Rogan twice. You know, they should they should mix it up and throw some other people in there, you know. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't care for it at all. I'll yeah, leave it at yeah. that. Um, so you know, we see that Huey's been meeting with Annie, kind of on the down low. You know, she, they've got the burner phones, and they've been, you know, just just very carefully meeting. We find out later it's definitely like Huey going rogue on that. You know, Mother's Milk is pissed when he finds out about it, and you know, nobody's really on board with it, but. Essentially, Huey is trying to, you know, Huey and Annie are, are trying to figure out a way to get a hold of some Compound V because that's basically where they're the stopping point right now. They have no, they have no evidence of anything. It's basically, you know, they, they have no leverage for anything right now. Um, so they kind of meet on the subway and, and he gives Star, uh, Starlight some contact information. And at, at that point, we don't really 
know where they're going with it. But, you know, their relationship is still, you know, it's not great at this point. She obviously still has a lot of, um, you know, bitterness towards him about lying to her about everything. But, you know, she seems to still be on board with the mission somewhat to take these guys down, you know, which is good. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the boys themselves definitely seem to be coming apart at the seams without Billy Butcher there. He was obviously the, the glue that held everything together because, you know, they're, they're, they're not doing too great at this point. Um, so, well, real quick, before we move forward with the, the meat of the story here, uh, let's just talk about the deep because we got more, a little bit more uh, kind of his story's moving forward a little bit. He, his meltdown is continuing and he has a very public, uh, uh, incident, you know, at the water park and he's yelling at some kids and all this stuff and ends up getting arrested. Before we go there, that the bar part was better because, you know, when he sees basically the, uh, he sees this, you know, they're doing the little, uh, news clip about the funeral of, uh, translucent and it shows translucent and uh homelander you know arms around each other and he basically right. sees <laughs> his like, shoulder that's my shoulder like, that's my shoulder and, and he <laughs> freaks out and slams the glass and the dude's like all right you're out of here he's like you know shut up give me another hurricane he's like i'm gonna call tmz which is exactly what you would do you wouldn't call the cops you wouldn't call like exactly. because power can't negate power but right, you know, you 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 can't let yourself be. They're ready. all about the PR. Right. They're all about the PR. That's their kryptonite. So I like that. Line. I mean, that was a, that was a wise choice of who he would call. I thought that was that yeah, was well played. Yeah, but yeah, um, he was. Uh, but then yeah, once they flash forward to the park and he's like, <laughs> he's all like, yeah, you just you think water's fun, kids. You think water's fun, but when you're swimming the Mariana Trench and you're all by yourself and it's just cold and dark and lonely, and then they show like the more wide shot and he's basically got his junk on the spray gun, just rocking it back and forth, you know. And then the water splashes down over him. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he ends up getting arrested and then uh, uh, bailed out. By um, what was his, uh, Eagle, Eagle the Archer, yeah, <laughs> Eagle the Archer from Cleveland. He's like your Darkwing or whatever he calls him at first. He's like, yeah, Ra- Ravenwing or something. Yeah, Raven <laughs> Ravenwing. And he's like, we've met like five times at the cons or whatever. He's like, that what? That's yeah. okay. That's okay. That's you know. And then that yeah, was I gotta the, say, one of my go ahead. <laughs> and then when he offers them the Fresca, because that's like the second time the Fresca thing has come up. So I don't know where that's going, but. Well, and twice, yeah, twice in this episode. I don't know if it was before too. Yeah, he offers him one right there on the spot when he bails him out, and then he wakes up later. You know, apparently at his at Eagle the Archer's apartment, and right. you know, then then Carol's there who offers him a fresca as well when he wakes up. Uh, and you know, basically these these are you know Scientologists essentially. Is is this world's version of Scientologists that are you know they give him the book and they're like, hey. You know, you want to get back into the seven, you know, we can show you the way or whatever. Um, yeah. And I just I'm I'm fascinated with this world with the I I love the secondary soups. I love the ones that aren't, you know, in the seven yet. Just this idea that there's all these B listers out there that, you know, the seven are like above them and like don't even recognize them. But they're very much, you know, part of this world. Right, his Cleveland is his stomping grounds. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's funny because also too, it's you know, the only time I've ever seen her in any anything else was you know she stole uh, Ross's wife and friends. Yeah, that's the only time I've ever seen that actress in anything else. So it's like I couldn't, you know, I couldn't. Oh, she's she's really good. I've seen her in a bunch of other stuff too. But Um, yes, when I see her, I can't not everything I see her in. I can't not think of of. friends <laughs> but yeah she's a good actress um so i mean that's kind of the deep story like his, his his stuff is just completely like he's so far removed from everything that's going on at this point that it's like almost like its own little little storyline but uh you know i'm enjoying it I, I like the 
the comic relief of it all. But uh, again, you know, with with talking about which of the seven are are um, likely to be turned, you know, who knows? Maybe this uh, um, Church of the Collective is what it was called. Yeah. You know, maybe that'll you know give the deep some confidence back, and you know he can go. You know, be effective in some way. Well, and what I li- like about that specifically, I mean, obviously they're, you know, they're doing a, a they're touching very much and very often on uh, different religious connotations of different stuff. You know, so I like that they're going, you know, this one's more of the Scientology route now that they've yeah. on the, you know, kind of evangelical type of thing. Um, but I like also that... Uh, with this rogue player, you know, and, and uh, you know, basically she's like, I'm not a psychologist. As a matter of fact, psychology is damaging or something like that. So it's like totally <laughs> cultish, you know, right. which I love. Right out of the Tom Cruise playbook. Correct. But what, what's so good about that is that that allows for it to be a non-binary thing where it's not just, you know, the boys versus the seven. You know, there's there's you know, it creates at least a third potential, you know, rival for lack of better word or whatever, or, or, you know, faction, let's call it. So it's, uh, you know, it, 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 it deepens it without, you know, cluttering it up too much. So I, I, I'm I'm very, you know, plus the, I don't know the actor that's playing the, uh, you know, Eagle, the archer, but he's done a really good job just in those limited couple minutes as far as um you know how much has he really been brainwashed or whatever like what is right. you know, where where is this you know belonging to this organization where does this take you mentally and emotionally so it's uh yeah yeah it's it definitely was a i i I, I'm left wanting more for sure. So, so that's yeah. exciting. Well, it's very much like you'd see, like with the Church of Scientology as well, because that is that's a, a prime target for an organization like that. They want to find the people that are kind of, you know, racked in self doubt and and down on their luck or whatever, and like show them, you know, kind of a better way. And you know, it sounds like this Carol has been working with like probably b-listers and now this maybe is her first you know shot at like recruiting somebody that's actually in the seven or whatever but uh or was in the seven i don't i don't know what his official status at this point is it seems like he's pretty much out you know mm-hmm. pending a replacement but uh yeah i enjoyed that part of it um and you know like we talked about before the kind of the chris hansen profile on the on framing Billy Butcher, one thing they said in that, that that answers one of the questions that we were talking about is, you know, the baby did survive that. They But they said they found the baby like 17 miles away. So, you know, obviously that's a Homelander thing. I mean, that wasn't enough C4 to to launch the baby that far. So no, if it was seven, if seven, 17 <laughs> yeah. houses, maybe, but 17 miles, yeah. It's, uh... Well, and I actually ran it back because that's that's what I was hoping they said was like, you know, a few blocks away or something like that because then I would have thought that the baby was definitely powered up and just survived that. But, I mean, just the fact that it did survive is, is you know, in itself probably a clue to that. But, uh, you know, Homelander must have relocated that baby in the explosions we'll see we'll see what comes with that that was like the biggest disappointment of this episode was just that we don't know exactly what happened in that scene yet and that's really what you know the the time jump you know was it it took us from learning exactly what happened in that scene on the on the front lawn but hopefully we'll get to that now that now that billy butcher's back in the mix but um so Homelander's at uh, Madeline's old office, kind of going through the stuff. And that's where you know it's actually at least been a little bit because it looks like they've definitely taken it apart right. and are starting to renovate it and stuff. Um, and that's, Yeah, creepy, creepy, creepy scene. <laughs> right. I mean, before I even get to the, the breast milk, um, that was just, again, I mean, this, this you know, uh, Homelander is just a... 
amazing train wreck. I mean, in, in all the right ways. Like, so like that yeah. whole, you know, he warms it up with his eyes and then does the like, kind of touches it a couple times with the tongue and then starts drinking it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But when he reached in there for it, there was two frescas in there. That was why I'm saying it just seems to be a recurring thing with the frescas. And I don't know if yeah. it's going to pay off as some sort of joke or some sort of, you know, yeah. where, where there's a point to that or if that's just, you know. You know, maybe it's well. Most likely, you know, type of crap. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, if, if anything, it might come up as like a product placement, like in a meta sense. You know, actually for the show, product placement. But it might be like a Vought thing or something right. as well, where they have like a deal with with Fresca or something. But um, yeah, I didn't notice that in the in the fridge in the office. But uh, while he's in there, you know, very creepily drinking the the breast milk um ashley shows up and ashley's got madeline's old job and you know we kind of kind of see that you know homelander probably influenced that because he saw her as somebody that he can now he can now control he doesn't well, have he to told ha- her he that. doesn't yeah he doesn't he have to have the handler oh he, he did specifically say that yeah. um because yeah we find out later that you know he she doesn't have any kind of hand over him like Madeline did. So now he can tell her, look, I'm doing, I'm making my own speeches. I'm saying what I want to say and doing things how I want to do it. And it's not going to be, you know, the way, the way you guys script me to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love that character of Ashley. I had a feeling that she would be back, but, uh, and she does, she plays that really, that she plays the nervous, you know, faking like she's got it under control, but is kind of fraying at the ends. She handles that quite well. I mean, I love the, you know, the awkward, you know, you know, 2003 called and they want their office back or whatever. He's like, I kind of like this office. She's like, yeah, it's a shame, you know, or <laughs> like just the <laughs> how quickly she goes back and forth, just basically pleasing at all times. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I uh, I've enjoyed her. Yeah. And, uh, and she uh, she introduces him to, you know, her her choice or her, you know, one of her candidates for replacing translucent. So they go down and see, uh, you know, blind spot again, another potential diversity hire. You know, it's just like the millennials are going to love him, you know, differently abled member of the seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so great. Just the way Homelander dealt with that whole oh. situation. You know, because he starts out just doing his his typical. It's like he's so um, he so just routinely goes into the whole. You know, Charm hey, offensive. you're the you're the real hero, not you know for what you do, but just for what you've overcome and all of that. You know, and he just does that. Just you're telling me you can you know, tell knowing me what I you, am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. It's just he's yeah. He's a he's a he's a he's a snake charmer. You know, he's a charmer, yeah. but he's a snake charmer charmer. So. Right. And you can tell, like, if you didn't know what you know about him, that you can see how he has right. the wool pulled over the eyes of America, basically. Because he, you know, the rest of the world doesn't get to see the expression he makes when he turns his head. You know, they only see, you know, him smiling to their face, you right. know. Um, well, but, yeah, he... Uh, he basically end, ended Blindspot's soup career yeah. in one, in one, uh, you know, whatever, one slap. Oh, good. It's like the old John Stossel slap, remember? Yeah. With the, with the uh, uh, I can't remember what wrestler it was that jacked him. But, yeah, so he's bleeding out of the ears and everything. It's great. I love Homelander. <laughs> yeah, and it was also, I mean, that kind of speaks, you know, in, in the earlier scene where they're walking out of the uh funeral for translucent it was you know when he was like hugging the one guy and he's like it's all right you know let it out or whatever it's yeah he's absolutely just knows in in that public space he's just able to absolutely play that you know the homelander role and uh yeah and uh yeah and then we get to see the 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 real sides so yeah and then i think he kind of makes it clear to ashley that you know he's gonna He's going to decide who replaces Translucent. It's not, you know, it's not something that's going to go through a committee or anything like that. I mean, I think that he has, he's seen this 
Madeline being gone as his opportunity to take some control back, you know. Um, but, uh, so Annie, um, has the intel that Huey gave her on, uh, who turns out to be Gecko. Yeah. Yeah, And and when they met on the subway, he's like, oh yeah. She's like, oh yeah, I knew him, you know, in the capes, in my capes for Christ days, you know, we were kind of on the circuit together or whatever. Um, and Gecko strayed a little bit from the Capes for Christ as well, because when we see him, you know, Annie's kind of following him and spying on him. And, you know, he's basically just, you know, working his side job, letting people. This is a, a soup that obviously his power, I don't know if he has other ones, but he regenerates. You know, that's kind of his thing, you know, like a lizard, like a gecko or whatever. Um you know, so he's in like a seedy motel and, you know, the guy's paying him to chop off his arm, which is just disturbing and gross. And then, you know, he offers up the penis by the time it's all, all right. over. And for, for an know, extra just, thought, for an extra grand, you can cut off my for dick. An extra grand. Yeah. Um, so it's great. So then, you know, Annie kind of gets video of him doing all of that and then, you know, casually oh, Gecko, hey, what's up? You know, pretend she meets up with him at the diner or whatever. And uh, then, I mean, Annie's getting a little hardcore herself because mm-hmm. she very seemed very comfortable blackmailing this dude, you know, and saying, look, you know, I need you to do something for me, you know, or this is going to end up on Facebook, you mm-hmm. know. You're going to see, see see that Capes for Christ guy is an S&M hooker, she says, or whatever. Um, so she wants him, he works at Vaught, and she's enlisting him to go in and steal some compound V. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he works in the lab, and she basically wants him to to you know uh, get some compound V for her. And he's basically just trying to say, you know, I just they cut off my limbs and they regenerate. That's all I do. I don't have that kind of clout. And she's like, yeah. Well, if you don't, you know, that's this is what's going to happen. He's like, ah, well, yeah. Guess I got to do what I got to do, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's uh, like you said, I mean, it's it's not like she's enjoying it. I mean, she's still doing it, I am sure, begrudgingly, but it's uh, but she's yeah, she's definitely getting more comfortable and and uh, um, yeah, definitely getting more yeah, proficient. Huey's, Huey's rubbing off on her a little bit. You know? Right. Which is kind of funny because she's getting more polished and he's kind of losing his a little bit. In a, in a, oh, yeah, in a he is. Real way. So. Yes, he is not. He's not the Huey that we ended the season with. He's he's looking a little rough, um, but uh, you know Huey's back with the boys, and and they are um, they're. I don't know. So, well, somebody comes back. Like some they they bring somebody in to like the hideout. That's like all his arms all mangled and. And messed up, and then they go out to this site where they see the big boat, you know, at the dock that's like tipped over, and then they end up seeing video footage, and you know, basically what's happened is is there's human traffickers that are bringing in, you know, people for, you know, normal normal human trafficking purposes, but uh, they also brought in a soup terrorist, so. A Magneto um, the, style soup ter- terrorist, I'm assuming. Right, some kind, of, yeah, some kind of telekinetic powers that you know lifted up the boat or whatever. So they kind of see this as an opportunity to give give some more info to Rainer, you know, to maybe help out their situation and kind of advance the cause um, a little bit. And then when they end up meeting with her, now this part I was a little unclear on if you knew you know, how this happened or if it's just a mystery at this point. But, you know, basically they're meeting with her and giving her the information. But then when she starts to, like, talk about how, okay, this is starting to clear things up. I've been wondering about this. This may be the final piece of the puzzle. And, like, basically just as she's saying that, her nose starts bleeding and her head explodes. So do we know... I, I couldn't remember if there was something that we knew from season one. Like, do we have any idea who did that or who, who has the ability to do something like no, that? No, as a matter of fact, they addressed that because as they were jumping in the van, <coughs> I don't remember if it's, well, Huey's kind of a, a wreck by then. So it must be Mother's Milk that says to uh, Frenchie, 
you know, do you know anybody that can do that? He's like, no, no one can do that. So basically that is supposed to establish that it's not a soup that did it. I mean, you know, Vought or somebody working for Vought could have potentially still been the one that did it, but, um, but it's not, it's not a, the impression I got from that scene was that it was not a super powered move. It was something that, you know, maybe was like almost like a, you know, a suicide squad, Amanda Waller type of thing where maybe, you know, maybe, gotcha. you know, she had an implant that, you know, you know, again, I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't no sure. Idea, I thought maybe for, they just meant that they didn't know of a soup that could do that. Perhaps, but no, I, I mean, I took it as it wasn't a soup that did it because it was okay. basically like, if that was the case, they would have all been dead. Like, so it was something mm. specific to her. And so obviously it was something that was set up prior to that. You know, maybe, yeah, that makes sense. You know, some sort of fail safe that if she got too close or, you know, whatever. I mean, that's again, I, I don't know because, you know, I'm, I, and I hope they address it specifically, but that's that's what I took from it. OK, um, so uh, Homelander and Ashley are running a like a focus group where they're like kind of observing a focus group where they're like, you know, testing out all the different um super terrorist like super, su- super terrorist super villain or whatever like what what kind of rings better to, evil doer, to the consumer I think the last one on the list <laughs> yeah, like. like that um and it's funny cuz like you know you got to give homelander his due he he's not bad with the marketing stuff he's like super super villain super villain and he's like ash is like try super villain and they all love that mm-hmm. you know they're like ooh it's exotic yeah. or whatever um but then I, I also love that like everybody voted for, you know, saving saving the world versus right. saving America, and everybody in there voted saving the world. But Homelander's still like, no, it's saving America. Right. <laughs> it's just he's resolved to it. And I, I love that about him because just the the like you said in a previous episode, he's Homelander. He is he's you know a, a nationalist. Right. Yes, um, and. You know, I, it would be almost uh, too altruistic of Homelander to have his focus be on saving the world. Like for him to be as dis- despicable as he is, he has to be kind of, you know, on one side and like against the rest of the world or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, what they do with that. But I, I also love that it's again establishing that. You know, because even Ashley was like, well, I don't know. I mean, saving the world or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm not no, saving he's America like, or whatever. Yeah. And then when he says <laughs> saving America, I think he even kind of pats her on the ass. I mean, he might be patting her on the back, but his arm was kind of low. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, he is yeah. definitely, uh, yeah, he understands the, you know, the, the machinations of the, you know, the business side of it, or like you said, the marketing side of it as much as he, you know, knows what he's all about, but but yeah, yeah, I like specifically that they addressed it that way because, you know, although you could be very like, well, you use the term nationalist, and that's exactly what it is. Because like, if you're a patriot, you know, a patriot is a defensive stance. You know, if you're mm-hmm. patriotic, it's because you will defend, you know, what. It's like about defending an idea or a place, you know, like a, you know, a, a, your home. But a mm-hmm. nationalist is a is an aggressive thing, is a thing that you that you strike out at, you know, or from. So, again, the the specific choice of the word Homelander as his, you know, as his superhero name, and then the Saving America, you know, it's all playing perfectly into. And again, even the, you know, the scene in season one w- w- at the uh, at the expo. You know, it's all this, you know, the authoritarian slant of conservative Christianity mixed with the nationalistic, not patriotic aspects of being, you know, America first type of stuff. It's all, you know, it's not subtle in any way, shape or form what they're, no, what no, they're alluding to. and But it's very important yeah. because, you know, again, we... You know, and especially in this modern world where there's, you know, so everything is propaganda. Um, 
you know, people lose sometimes the distinction between what is a patriot and what is a nationalist. And, you know, so, right. so therefore it's, it's, you know, they don't say it in so many words, but I'm glad that they're touching on that type of subject matter. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was handled well. Um, so, all right. So let's see what happens next. Sorry, I lost my notes. Is that is that where they go to the where they start making the commercial? Um, right. So yeah. So the next thing is is yeah, Maeve and and Homelander are shooting like the little spot with the military guys yeah. and stuff, and then uh, then Storm Stormfront shows up. We get to meet Stormfront for the first time, who is not a likable character. Um, you know, other than the fact that you like to see somebody getting under Homelander's skin, but uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's very uh, you know all about the social media and stuff, and um, you know when when she first arrives, like at the shoot, you know Homelander's kind of brushing her off, you know, like she's just there or whatever, just showing up or you know tagging along or whatever, and then she kind of drops the drops the bomb on him that that she's there uh from the 82nd floor and you know she's there as the new new member of the seven and replacing homelander right 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 off of the heels of homelander you know telling ashley that that he'll be making those decisions or whatever and even she she didn't even seem to know about it at all when when stormfront shows up and but she basically drops mr edgar's name and you know, that puts Homelander off. That seems to be the one thing that's still kind of putting him at bay a little bit. Um, and then, I mean, we kind of see why in a little bit. Because he goes and confronts... Well, I mean, did you have anything else on, on Stormfront arriving? Did you have any comments on her before I... No, I mean, nothing specific. I, You know, I liked how it was handled. Just the, uh, you know, establishing that she's going to be an annoying bitch, kind of. I mean, right. you know, even the stuff of... You know, Maeve trying to somewhat be a little bit accessible and say, "Oh yeah, aren't you from Seattle, uh, Portland?" You know, and yeah. like, uh, you know, "Oh my God, your eyes are," you know, like she just is like that, just obnoxious. You know, yeah, she's she she, she she's the per she's the new guy who is too comfortable there and too sure of themselves. Absolutely. I mean, I I, I think everybody's had the situation where they're you know, wherever they work, some new person comes in and it's just way too familiar, way too soon and way too cocky. Yep. And she's obviously that. And, you know, again, it's nice to see her as a foil to Homelander who wants to be in control of everything. But yeah, I, I, I don't find her, her pleasant at all, but I'm interested to see, I mean, obviously she's got like weather related powers and stuff. So I'm excited to see what she can do and everything. But, uh, yeah, it was a it was a good good introduction scene for her, and then it sends Homelander off to Mister Edgar to be like, "Look, I, you know, this is not, you know, how how is this happening? I am the Seven, mm-hmm. or I am Vought," he says, you know, which he is very quickly shut down by Mister Edgar, who's like, and, "Oh man, I I love that guy. I just love that actor so much, and he just has that gravitas, and you know, he's like, well, let me tell you about." You know, Doctor Vaughn. How much do you know about? Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, and he's like, he and he's like, not very much. I've only read his biography five times. He's like, not that <laughs> yeah. propaganda bullshit that we feed to the masses. I'm saying, do you, right. what do you really know about him? And then he kind of gives that puzzled look for a quick second. He's like, you know, basically lays it down that he was a Nazi, you know, sympathizer that basically got to experiment on people, and then he's you know, knew the winds were shifting and, you know, left for America in 44 and, uh, um, you know, was, uh, um, you know, kind of like the, uh, you know, the dude that took over Nassau, you know, was a fucking Nazi. Right. The dude that got us to the moon was a fucking Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. So I, I like that they touched on the historical part of that, but but I, I more importantly, I like the fact that he basically just broke it down that we're not you know we're not a superhero company, we're a pharmaceutical company, and your little you you being a man child, right, <laughs> and spreading this shit all over the place, 
very well may have fucked us up. So Right, you put us on the radar with the FDA. We didn't even want the FDA to know about Compound B. You've made this mess, and we've been running around the globe for months, you know, cleaning up your mess, basically. Right. And, yeah. and the couth which which he's delivering all this, I mean, you know, again, when you're controlling industries and companies the size of a Vought or, or, you know, whatever... Um, you know, that could definitely enhance your confidence and everything to be able to stand toe to toe with a Homelander. But I, I certainly get the sense that there's, you know, he has a giant ace up his sleeve of some kind. So, yeah, you know, um, he, you know, he's not going to be intimidated by Homelander, but I feel like there's, there's something more to that than just, you know, totally having yes. his number. I feel like he has yes. a, a, a overarching or, you know, an, uh, an overwhelming card that he could play at any time. So, so I yeah. find that interesting. He doesn't have any of the, you know, Madeline always had that, even though she was, you know, essentially in control the majority of the time. You could always see that she did have some uncertainty. There was that kind of feeling that, okay, I do have to handle this guy delicately. Um, you know, because of who he is and what he can do. Mr. Edgar does not seem no. to have any of those fucks to give at all. At he seemed, all. you're right. He must have some kind of ace up the sleeve that, you know, it's not just his position of power that, that makes him that confident. He was the same way with the people from the Pentagon. So, you know, he's definitely a powerful, powerful man. Um, but I, I loved how he put Homelander in his place. And I just love just the expression on Homelander's face after, you know, he gets dressed down like that because mm-hmm. he just has nothing. He has no response for that. No. There's nothing he can say. Cause everything Mr. Edgar said is absolutely true. He fucked things up big time and you know, now they're covering for him and everything. So, uh, that's going to be an awesome relationship Ooh. to see for season two. I'm looking forward to like Homelander dealing with, um, I keep wanting to call him Gus from Breaking Bad, but uh, Mr. Edgar and then Homelander dealing with Stormfront is, uh, you know, what I'm looking forward to most. But after that, after, you know, he kind of gets dressed down, he flies off and, and goes to Becca's house and wants to see his kid and everything. And, you know, again, we didn't get to see exactly how that scene played out at the end of season one, but... You know, Becca's surprised to see him again and is wondering what he's doing. She she clearly wasn't expecting him to pop back over again so soon. So I don't know where they where they left things and, and we don't get to find out quite yet. But, um, you know, we know that we know that in in a time of uh, sadness, you know, he, he wants to go see his little boy, you know, mm-hmm. so, home, Homelander needs to needs to get his. uh you know, emotions taken care of just like everybody else, I guess. But Well, and that's one of those things where, you know, that's, um, I, I'll be very anxious to see how that, you know, the scene that ended season one, at some point in a flashback, I'm sure we'll see how that resolved. And, you know, part of me thinks perhaps that Butcher was spared because Becca, you know, maybe agreed to some access in the future, Mm. but like you said, didn't expect to have him show up at the doorstep to, you know, to, um, to want to see his kid and all that. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. She just seemed at least a little surprised or, or put off by it, but yeah, I can't wait to see, you know, how that can, I mean, in, in a perfect world, episode two will open up, you know, cause everybody's going to want to know, you know, well, here, we'll talk about it right now. Cause it's kind of the, the, the wrap up of the episode. But when we go back to the, the kind of safe house or the drug house or whatever you call it with, with the boys, um, you know, Huey's getting contacted by Annie who's saying, Hey, I'm going to have the compound V pretty soon. I got, I got gecko to go get it. So I'll have it in the next couple days or whatever. And then we find out that uh, Frenchie has called Billy Butcher because the team needs him. You know, the the family has gone full dysfunctional and they, they need Billy Butcher back. Well, and that's what I like. I mean, because we, we, 
we didn't skip over the scene, but we skipped over the thing, this the the part of the earlier scene where where Huey was like, you know, talking about, you know, maybe I'm not uh, Lee Marvin in the Dirty Dozen, but maybe I could be Harry Potter or uh, yeah, or what's the girl yeah. from, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever Hunger Games, Hunger Games. <laughs> you know, Katniss, Fr- and then Frenchie's like. Cadness. Yes, and uh, <laughs> you know, so then basically, when Butcher shows up, you know, the, and they're like, you, you know, Huey's like, you called him, and Frenchie's like, we needed the captain, you know, or <laughs> yeah. whatever. So, uh, so I enjoyed that, and uh, yeah, you know, and then uh, well, because yeah, Mother's Milk had had kind of like stepped up into that leader role, but it didn't suit him very. No, well. no, like like he was going with the. You know, being really tough with Huey and stuff, and even at one point, Huey's like, you know, if you need to kick my ass, to, you've been walking around you know, for three feel better days, about like you're this. About to kick my ass, and he's like, I, yeah, you know, you and I, I like that though, because after that, he kind of breaks, and he's like, I don't want to kick your ass. I just want my family to be safe. Right. I just want, you know, because you, you were starting to see Mother Smoke maybe, you know, go into a dark place a little bit, but he's just frustrated. He just, you know, the situation screwed, and. And actually, Huey, I, I love kind of the little moment. You know, Huey earned some points back with Mother's Milk while they were meeting with Rainer because, you know, Mother's Milk was asking, hey, have you heard anything about my family or whatever? And, you know, she's like, yeah, your daughter's playing soccer, I think, or whatever. Well, soccer, and, yeah. and Huey didn't say, how's my dad? Huey said, hey, is there a chance he could see his, his family? Yeah anytime soon which i think that you know mother smell kind of looks at him like you know i think that kind of patched things up a little bit with those two but uh yeah so you know billy butcher makes his grand entrance in the god-awful track suit which you know totally we're, gonna, 80s. we're gonna need an ex we're gonna need an explanation of that but uh well the colors um, and the fact that it's like a velour you know oh yeah it was just great and then he's like yeah, it, it feels like that could be Homelander's tracksuit, sadly. You know, Very possibly. I, I'm, it's, I'm thinking that's probably where that's going. The, the color scheme. My you know. God. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, and he kind of leans into Hugh and he's like, kind of slaps him on the arm. He's like, Daddy's home. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's like, you know, basically acknowledges that, you know, everything's just gone shitty and, you know, yeah, everything's out of hand right now, but daddy's home so well um and i love that well the the track suit is what's making me think about it but i love the little again you know how much fine detail matters to me and 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 how how much it can you know be a, a big part in building the you know especially the universe that they're living in but like you know it made me think of uh like earlier in the uh, when they were flashing the different photos at the at Translutes' funeral, the one scene where he's got the floating yarmulke, yeah, you know, yeah. and then um, <laughs> you know, and again in this episode, which they did, like I love the De La Soul T-shirt last season and a few other, you know, uh, concert tees and different things like that. But in this one, uh, um, there was like three different shirts of uh, Mother's Milk. He had the uh, the Wu Tang Clan. Then he had the uh, yeah. the old uh, classic New York Knicks, and then uh, um, I think in that you know in that final scene he's got the like the people's part you know people's uh, food program or whatever, but it's the it's like a Black Panthers T shirt or whatever. So I I love you know all of those little uh, you know I guess the, you know. Uh, set dressing or whatever if you want to call well, it. Well, yeah, it, may, it makes it real, you know. Yeah. I mean, these these guys have their wardrobe that they have accumulated, you know, throughout their life. You know, Huey's got his, you know, we've seen him in the Billy Joel t-shirts and the James Taylor one. Like, almost everybody he's mentioned as his, mm-hmm. his top top favorite artists and stuff. So, yeah, the the attention to detail is so great in this show. Right, and it's, using it's, using the underlying song of the episode was Pressure by Billy Joel. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, it goes a long way with us, I mean, obviously. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, and, and again, I agree with, you know, some of the things you're saying about, like, Seth Rogen and stuff, but I think a lot of that is 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 there you know the seth and evan sensibility because they do they've always done that in their that's movies. why they, they shouldn't fuck it up by putting themselves in there or putting him in right there. right they, they do i mean i am so much more impressed with him as a writer than i'll ever be as an actor i mean his yeah he he, he peaked at in 40 year old virgin and he's never been as good yeah. since but 
you know, I do very much respect him as a writer, but you know, I just, it's, it, 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 I, less is more in a lot of ways. So, yeah. Well, and that's a thing that, yeah, that's, that's a, a very valid point. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see where they're going with this again. You know, they, they, uh, probably raised more questions than they answered mm-hmm. um so far so you know we gotta we gotta get right into episode two as soon as possible when but I, uh and i know you and i talked um you know before we sat down to, to watch this first episode the fact that you know with this season they released those first three all at once and obviously all we've seen is episode one so far but i'm sure that there's I'll be interested once we, that once we've completed episode two and episode three to see just how much of a synergy there is in those first three episodes, and maybe that's why right. we felt like there was just so much introduced in this one, but not even directed so much yet. You know, so uh, right, right. So it's uh, well, yeah. I mean, any, any any time you're gonna not have any Billy Butcher until the last thirty seconds of the episode that's going to leave you wanting more for sure because because he him and huey are are the you know kind of the linchpins of the whole thing homelander on the other side obviously but uh yeah i can't wait to watch the next one uh should be an awesome season and what i'm hoping for you know i guess that's what we can close up with for for this episode um what i want to see most in this season is for them to continue building this world out a little bit. I want to, I want to see again, like I said, I love the, you know, the B listers and stuff. And, you know, I'd really like to see like the larger kind of world they've created. You know, I I would like to see hopefully Billy butcher being able to put aside his issues with the soups enough that maybe they can, utilize some of these other soups to you know enlist them in their cause or whatever um we just gotta make sure you know butcher doesn't you know take them all out um in the process well yeah and i like the fact that well and again another like little fun snippet was when uh when they were driving to see rainer and uh mother's milk's like uh you know you don't got a rate you're not uh john cusack you don't got your boombox you know he's like what he's like you want to get back with starlight he's like no i don't he's like yes Yes, you do. You know, and it's yeah. like, you know, because that's where Mother's Milk is at his best because he's just, he he's, he's, he's the information guy. He's face, like we've talked about, you know. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, now that Billy's back in the picture, he can go back to being at his most effective and his most comfortable. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think that, um, you know, again, as we get more information of how that final scene of episode one ended up playing out in this reality... I think we'll have a little more of an understanding of what, uh, you know, how much Billy has, you know, altered his his course a little bit. You know, he obviously knows, uh, you know, daddy's home and it's time to take care of business. But at the same time, he knows taking it to its logical conclusion didn't achieve what he wanted it to achieve. So now yeah. there's got to be a rethinking and a reapproach, and that's why, you know, I like the fact that, you know, the one last thing I would touch on is just the fact that le- how Annie and, and uh, Huey left their con- their final conversation, where she knows he's whole, she he's starting to second guess what they're doing because he's fearful of her safety, and right, he doesn't, but he doesn't want to tip that tip her off to that so he's he's holding back he's not necessarily lying until he just says there's nothing and i swear to god and then she knows he's obviously holding something yeah back, she but. yeah she's starting to know him too well now for him to just do the oh it's nothing or whatever she knows he's full of shit you know right so it's uh yeah. so again it's like it's it's in any really good show it's the idea of they're still all being true to their core you know established personalities but there there's growth and there's you know and growth is messy and it can take you down different paths you know some that that lead to a a better way and some that don't or even potentially dead ends so it's uh yeah so yeah i really like that um and and it's uh yeah i'm i'm oh right back in it so just loving it 
Well, we will be back talking about it and breaking down all the action of episode two on the next show. So come back and join us for that one. In the meantime, check out everything else we're doing at theshaverbrothers.com and uh, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and anywhere else you can find us. And you know, let us know what you're looking forward to most in season two. So we'll be back next time. Until then, my name's Toby Shaver. I'm Shavy D. Thanks for listening. Peace.